The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Welcome to History Hour, celebrating the rich history of Long Island. Everybody. I hope you're all doing good out there. I hope everyone had a lot of fun on New Year's Eve. And of course, we started out tonight with the great B.B. King doing a song, a really special album that he made. B.B. King made this album in 2001 after 9-11, and it was called A Christmas Celebration of Hope. And he did a lot of great songs on it, but that's one of his great 
New Year's songs, basically. Um, so anyway, for those of you who might not know about him, B.B. King. He was born Riley B. King in September 16th, 1925. And of course, he's known as the King of the Blues. And that's not said lightly. Um, Bill, uh, Actually, B.B. was one of these guys that were called the Three Kings, great blues guitar players of their era. And the three of them were B.B. King, Albert King, and Freddie King. Now, believe it or not, none of them are related. I don't know what it is. There's something with the King family that they all at that time became these great blues guitar players, and they're all great. So he, he was born um, down in Mississippi in 1925, and um, he was actually born on a uh, cotton farm, and um, that was his Parents were sharecroppers, and he grew up in Mississippi. And he always he fell in love with music really early on in his life. And um, he eventually got a guitar, and he started learning how to play. And um, he eventually um, got a job on Sonny Boy Williamson's show in 1948, and that was on WDIA in Memphis. Now, Sonny Boy Williamson was another great blues guy himself. And he gave B.B. a little spot. It was a 10-minute spot on the show, and he would get to play. Well, that spot was so popular that eventually what they did is they gave him a, a little hour-long show of his own called the Sepia Swing Club. And he would play music, and everybody loved it. And um, up to that time, everyone was calling him Riley B. King. But over there, they got a nickname for him in the studio, and they started calling him uh, Blues Boy. And um, eventually, Blues Boy turned into B.B., and he became known as B.B. King. So he was doing pretty well with that. Now, eventually, he sat down in the studio one day with this guy, T-Bone Walker. Now, if you look up your great blues artist, he's another one of the greats of all time. And he was playing a beautiful electric guitar. And that was the moment when B.B. watched him play and realized that he had to have an electric guitar himself to really get the sound he was looking for. He was a serious musician, obviously. So anyway, in the 40s and 50s, he had a band that he played with called the Beale Streeters. And um, they would, that had Bobby Blueland in it and Johnny Ace and Earl Forrest. And that was a great, great band. And um, they did pretty good. And they, you know, were playing all over and they were getting more and more popular. Then one of the things that happened to him that set him up really well was he met Ike Turner. Yes, that's Ike Turner of Ike and Tina Turner. And he met Ike Turner, and Ike kind of was a uh, working at a record company, Modern Records, as a, um, a person looking for artists and, you know, an A&R guy. So anyway, they eventually signed B.B. to a contract over there, and he started making records. Um, now, amazingly, some of his early records, started in 1949, were produced by Sam Phillips, the great Sam Phillips, who eventually goes on to start Sun Records. And if you know anything about Sun Records, the rest of that is history. Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis, all the great rockers of that time, all signed with Sun Records. So he goes on, he's having a pretty good career now, and he's playing music and getting more popular. Uh, he eventually, in the 1950s, he starts playing concerts everywhere. And, um, I mean, all over the country. And he's doing really well. Now, he was a real workaholic as far as playing music. In 1956 alone, he did 342 concerts. 
One of those concerts was actually at the Apollo Theater in New York City. And he played all over the country, and he was getting more and more popular. Um, so by the uh, 50s, he had some career going, and he was popular, and he was putting albums out, and the albums are really selling well. And then what happened is culture started changing. And, of course, by the 60s, you know, that he was going to start to be forgotten pretty soon. But what happened is he had some people on his side who helped him, and um, one of them was the late Bill Graham, the great concert promoter. And Bill Graham started booking BB in with all the great rock and blues acts and having him open up for them at the Fillmore's, among other places. And that got BB a new contract. And eventually he recorded an album in 1970 and came out with The Thrillers Gone, a massive, giant hit off that album. And um, that kind of propelled him back into the mainstream again. And um, he was well known now by a whole new generation of people who probably never would have heard of him. So it went on and on. So B.B. started playing concerts, rock concerts now, as the warm-up for people. But now he kind of gained his own status as a great blues and rock guitar player. And he actually started headlining as many shows as he was um backing people up on so it went on and on like that and um bb's career was just an amazing career and so he went on and he did a lot of different things um one of the things he did was um he um started working with other people and um he did a lot of different things so one of the great things that he really did was um in in 1988 he actually uh, worked with U2 and put out a song called Love Comes to Town. Um, and and um, that was a gigantic hit, that song. And, um, you know, so um, and there's a lot more to tell, actually. So, you know what I think we'll do? Let's go to the break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little more about B.B. King. Hi, I'm your history guy, Dale Spencer, and you are listening to History Allen on 103.9 LI News Radio. Come on back. Hi, my name is Mike Cueva. And I'm Lisa Steffens, and we work at BLD's Restaurant on Hawkins Avenue in Ronkonkoma. And we would love for everybody to come on down and visit us and check out our food items and our friendly atmosphere. We decorate all the time year-round. And like I said, we are family-owned. I'm there 20 years. Mike next to me is there about 15. And we would love everybody to come in and join us. Yeah, you have to try our pancakes, our waffles, our French toast, even our ribs. Ribs are good. Burgers are great as well. And don't forget, our police officers, our veterans, our fire department, we give discounts for veterans, police officers, seven days a week. So come on down and visit us. Our business hours are 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. And we're known for your home away from home. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Happy New Year to you all. I hope you all had a really great New Year's out there. And um, anyway, we've been talking a little about B.B. King. We played a great New Year's song by B.B. King. And now he's not a Long Islander himself, of course. He's a kid from Mississippi. But you know what? He's a guy who influenced 
every Long Island great guitar player that there ever was because he influenced most guitar players. I used to go see B.B. King. He played endless amounts of shows at the Westbury Music Fair, for example. And you'd go and you'd sit. And I remember the first time I saw B.B. And you sit and you watch and he's playing. And all of a sudden he starts getting into a nice, long, extended solo. And you realize you're listening to many of the other great rock guitar players that you fell in love with as a kid. They all were influenced by B.B. An amazing, amazing guitar player. So anyway, like I said, um, in 1988, he had um, worked with U2 and did When Loves Comes to Town, that which was a giant hit and a great collaboration. Um, later, actually, um, in his career, he uh, did an album with Eric Clapton. The two of them worked together, and they did a great album in 2000 called Riding with the King, which is really great, both of them playing guitar. Um, now, he also played on the um, Eric Clapton Crossroads Festivals. So there was quite a few of them that he got involved with there, and he played in the Clapton Crossroads. I think he started that in about 2007. And then in 2008, he actually played at the Bonnaroo Festival. And um, they loved him down there, and they gave him the key to the city the day that he did that. And um, in May of 2013, he played the New Orleans Jazz Fest, which, as any of you who are really into music knows, that is a world-class event for great jazz musicians. So in the course of doing all this, at some point, he started opening clubs, and he opened B.B. King's Blues Clubs. Started out in Nashville, then he opened one right in Times Square in New York City, in Memphis, in L.A., and in a few different places. And occasionally he would play at those clubs, but they were really good clubs, intimate, and featured great world-class musicians playing in them. So he was had quite a career, and he just played on and on and on. Now, also in his career, he he was a real multimedia guy, I guess. Like, a, for example, at one point, he did commercial for McDonald's. And for a couple of years, he was a McDonald's spokesman. It was hilarious commercial. He'd appear talking about McDonald's. And then when that contract ended, well, who did he sign with to do commercials? Burger King. <laughs> and then he did commercials for Burger King at that point. And um, he was uh, an interesting guy that way. Now, uh, he was married twice. He had two different wives, and both of the marriages did not work out that well. And then he was single. But he never had any kids with the two wives. But it's been reported that he had 15 children. Now, of his 15 children, he took care of all of them. They all came and looking for, you know, some kind of support from him. He never complained. He always took care of all the kids in his life. Um, he was an interesting guy that way. So um, he, he did all this appearances. Now, one thing he started doing was TV shows, and he did this over a 20-year period. He appeared on, let's see, he appeared on The Cosby Show. He appeared on a couple of soap operas, The Young and the Restless and General Hospital he appeared on. Um, he was on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And, of course, he would appear as himself on these shows. Um, Sesame Street, he did a great appearance on Sesame Street one time. He even was on the show Married with Children, and he was on that, and Sanford and Sons. So he did a lot of TV work in his time, and it usually would be a pretty funny segment, and all of a sudden, in the middle of what are these people on the show were doing, B.B. King would, they'd, would walk in the room, and um, really pretty hilarious. So he kept playing music 
through his whole life. Eventually got to the point where he really couldn't stand very well anymore because he was getting quite elderly. But he'd come out and he'd sit in a chair and he'd still play this amazing blues. Now, we could go on and on about him. Um, His guitar was called Lucille. And um, it was a very famous guitar. There was actually more than one of them. He started out playing Fenders, and then he went to this Gibson. And Lucille was a Gibson. And he had quite a few versions of them. And eventually, Gibbs, the Gibson Guitar Company made him his own model, Lucille, which he get to help design. And um, he played that guitar for the rest of his life. Um, there was many Lucilles, and he played them all. And the reason he said he named his guitar Lucille was because he was playing in a bar one time, and two guys got in a fight, and they had a big fight, and they um, basically destroyed the club, and the club went on fire because of their fight, and everyone had to run out. And B.B. ran back in and got his guitar while the club was on fire. And he said later on that, well, I named my guitar Lucille so that I would never forget to not get in a fight in a club or leave my guitar behind. And pretty funny. He was a great guy to talk to. So anyway, he goes on playing and playing and playing. And um, in 2014, he had, I think, an eight concert gig going on, a tour of eight concerts. And he was still doing 80, 100 gigs a year, even at the very end. And eventually he played at the House of Blues. And that was his last show, October 3rd, 2014. He played that show. And after the show was over, he was really not feeling well at all. And he was diagnosed by the doctor. And they said he had some heart issues. And he had to really go home and cancel the last seven shows of the tour. So anyway, he did that, and he went home, and he never got on stage again. He never managed to. And unfortunately, on May 14, 2015, the great B.B. King passed away. Now, if any of you out there haven't heard B.B. King, I would advise that you just go on YouTube or go in your record store or go online and find some B.B. King stuff. One of the greatest guitar players ever, the greatest blues guitar player led the way for many other people. He was an amazing, amazing guy, B.B. So anyway, that was the song we wanted to play for you to start out New Year's. And um, B.B., um, I could never say enough about him. Saw him so many times in my life. I'm sure many of you out there have seen him too, any of the older people. He was a mainstay of the concert stage. Did a lot of amazing work. So anyway, um, as we go along, um, New Year's Eve was kind of interesting. Billy Joel played a concert at UBS Arena, first time he's played there. And I talked to a few people who saw that concert the other night and said it was the typical great Billy Joel concert. I uh, started out with My Life, and he did a great selection of some of his older, rarer songs, and like Everybody Loves You Now, and of course the more popular, well-known songs. Um, talked to the crowd a whole lot during the concert because, of course, he is Long Island guy, Billy Joel. So he told a lot of jokes to the crowd and talked to them quite a bit. And at one point, someone told me, he said, um, very funny thing, he comes out and he goes, well, I goes, I'd like to, um, just while I'm here, he goes, apologize to um, all the women in my life that I might have done wrong by. <laughs> and you had to laugh because Billy probably wouldn't be saying that in Madison Square Garden. But in NASA, in um, the UBS Arena, he's on Long Island at home where he grew up. 
So um, really great concert the other night. Everyone was really raving about it. Um, he did a couple of Beatles songs. He um, didn't bring any special guests out, but I don't think he needed to. I think that was a very, very special night for everybody. So I hope whatever you guys did on your New Year's Eve, it was a lot of fun. Um, some people, of course, might have gone into Times Square or into the city to some of the clubs. There was all kinds of New Year's events like there is every year. I know that me and my wife in particular, we tend to do a stay-at-home party now with some friends instead of going out and doing the craziness of the city. Um, it seems to be a thing when you're younger, you do the city, and as you get a little older, you start staying home more and um, enjoying some good food and some good drink and just a more mellow time with some friends. I could do a whole show and tell you about the stories about the things I saw on my New Year's Eves in New York City. <laughs> and of course, some of those stories you probably really didn't, wouldn't want to tell on the air, but um, it's, um, it's a great time of year. So anyway, as we move on with the show, um, you're going to find that there's some other great events going on on Long Island right now. We're going to talk about some of those events, um, all kinds of things happening. So anyway, uh, before we do that, um, I just want to talk about the Long Island Music Hall of Fame Museum. Of course, the Hall of Fame Museum um, is doing the Billy Joel exhibit. It's called 50 years of my life, my life, 50 years of Billy Joel's life. It's a pretty amazing exhibit. I talked a little about it last week. Of course, what happened is we set it all up with a lot of cooperation with Billy. And um, he came and gave, donated a bunch of really wonderful artifacts for this exhibit. And then he came and he did a little press conference and he took a look at it himself. And one of the amazing things about it was... Billy walks through this exhibit, and any of you have heard stories about Billy, he's a really down-to-earth guy. He doesn't have a big head. And he was pretty moved by the exhibit himself. I don't think he had ever seen an exhibit on his own life before featuring all these amazing things. So he walked through, and he was pretty moved by it, and he gave us some really great information about some of the items in the museum. So anyway, I would just advise everybody you should go down and see that exhibit. It's really great. So anyway, let's take a break. You're listening to History Allen on 103.9 FM, LA News Radio, and I'm Dale Spencer, your history guy. We'll see you in a couple of minutes. back, everybody, to History Allen on 103.9 FM, LA News Radio, and I am Dale Spencer, your host, your history guy. So anyway, before we went away to the break, we were talking a little about the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame on Main Street in Stony Brook Village. And right now, the featured exhibit taking up most of the museum is My Life, 50 Years of Billy Joel's History. A great, great exhibit. And as I was saying before, Billy walked in and took a look at that exhibit. And um, he walked around and he was quite moved by it. Um, he'd never seen a retrospective like that. I mean, I can't even describe what the exhibit is really like. you got to go see it for yourself. It's a really, really amazing exhibit. Of course, if you were listening last week, you heard Kevin, who set this all up for us, our board member, talking about it. 
So we all would like that to go down. I know over a thousand people visited this weekend. And um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's really going well. So anyway, um, yesterday I went down and I took a little visit to the museum and I talked to a few of the board members there. And um, well, let's see what they had to say. Well, hi, uh, here I am. I'm down at the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame where the great My Life, the Billy Joel exhibit is playing. And I am talking to Barry Fish, the general manager of the museum. Hey, Barry, how's it going today? All right, very good. We're just very happy to be here every day. Oh, good. And how's the exhibit going? The exhibit's going way beyond expectations. Um, especially this past week, we are breaking records for the number of people that have come in here, really. So we're very pleased, as are the patrons. I mean, they love this place. They're very happy with the exhibit. And uh, even people who aren't necessarily big Billy Joel fans, that part of our exhibit, they're all commenting how, how impressed they are with the exhibit itself. Wow, yeah, it is a very impressive exhibit. Of course, we had Kevin on the show last week talking about how it was set up. And um, what do you think? What's your favorite part of the exhibit? My favorite part of the exhibit would have to be the video presentations. Uh, it's just an amazing thing. We have uh, four different full-length uh, concert videos that we were supplied with by Sony to show. And uh, people really enjoy those. Oh, yeah, they are really great. Four full concerts. Everybody, come on down and visit. Um, so what kind of things you got going on moving forward with this? Well, uh, in this new year, we have all sorts of new things planned. Um, we, you know, last year, every Sunday, we had a free concerts as part of the general admission to uh, the Hall of Fame here. And we're going to begin that again on January 14th, Sunday afternoons at 3 p.m. We're very excited. And then come in the spring summertime, the plan is that we will have some of those outdoors as well on the terrace that's part of the building, in front of the building. And uh, we're very much looking forward to making that happen as well. In addition to that, we have other events, film screenings, book signings, Q&A sessions, uh, with our inductees or people who are related to the Hall of Fame in some way, being from Long Island. Um, so we got a lot on our plate and we're going to get through it and it's just going to be a great year. Oh, great. So what kind of hours are you open now during the winter? Well, right now the hours are Sunday, I'm, I'm sorry, Wednesday through Sundays, uh, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. And uh, that's where we're at for now. And it may change, but right now that's that's where we're at. Oh, great. So thanks a lot, Barry. So everybody, um, Barry, the general manager, come down and say hello to him when you're here. And everybody should come down and visit this exhibit. Because yes, come down. You know, I'll be happy to say hello to you. And I'll explain to you how, in general, I manage the place. All right. Okay, great. Thanks a lot, Barry. Okay. Happy right. New Year to you. You too. So now I'm over here in the gift shop at the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame, and I'm having a talk with my friend, Lily Zeitz. Hi, Lily. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you. So what do you do here at the museum, Lily? Well, I am the gift shop girl, as I like to call myself, and um, I uh, help people with purchases and 
um, all kinds of paraphernalia, merchandise, t-shirts, whatever they want to buy once they see this wonderful exhibit. Oh, so if someone comes down to visit the museum like everyone is and they want to buy some gifts, you're the person to see to help them with that. I am the expert <laughs> here. And I, I, I help them with uh, t-shirts and uh, musical instruments and whatever we have here. And they walk out with pretty much smiles on their faces. So, Lily, I understand that you have your own great Billy Joel story to tell about when you went to see him. Why don't you let us know about that? Sure. Um, and I love telling everybody that walks in here about my experience as they tell me their wonderful memories of their Billy Joel experiences. So back in 1998, my girlfriend and I um, were making our way up to the nosebleed section of Madison Square Garden. And we just said, you know what, let's just find out where our seats are. So we asked a couple of gentlemen who were at the doors and they looked at our tickets and they said, hmm, well, you guys are way up there, but how would you like to sit in the front row? And we were like, but here's our problem. We're here with our children. And they didn't even let us finish. They said, sorry, it's just you two ladies. If you'd like to do it, let us know. So we walked our way up to the nosebleed section and told our children we really feel bad about this we're very sorry we have to take advantage of the situation and we ended up in the front row and then way up at the stage for the entire concert and pretty much i would say that is the most memorable concert experience of my life well, who could forget an experience like that, <laughs> right, right? right? And I understand that at all his shows, Billy does something like this. He takes the people from the nosebleeds and sets them up front. He does. He Actually, he uh, went on to discuss that um, at, in a 60-minute segment that aired right after the concert discussing how he does that for his fans. Wow, what an unforgettable memory. That's really pretty amazing. Yeah, it was. So everybody, as you come down to the museum and you visit, make sure to stop in and say hello to Lily, and she will guide you around the gift shop and find the perfect gift for you. Thanks a lot. Happy New Year, Lily. You're welcome. Happy New Year. Great talking to you. Oh, I'm upstairs in the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame in the great second floor archive with all kinds of great memorabilia up here, a really amazing video room. This is a really nice part of the museum. And I'm talking with Jeff James, one of the board members of the Long Island Music Hall of Fame. Hey, Happy New Year, Jeff. How you doing? Thank you. Thank you. Same to you. Mm -hmm. so. So, so how long have you been involved here with the museum? Uh, I've been involved with the museum pretty much since the beginning. I was not one of the founders, but I got I signed on pretty soon after that. So it was about 2003, which means about 20 years now that we've been we've been doing this. And it's just nice that we finally have the building and that everything has fallen into place so so beautifully. Yeah, it's a really amazing building. I know it was quite a search for a building. Yeah, um, it took a, several false starts, and uh, but it but it's here, and that's that's the beauty of it. And as we were talking about, one of the things that I, that I love about this, actually for me the main thing I love about it is the variety of people that are here. I work professionally in the, uh, in the film and television, uh, jazz and classical worlds. And so to have people like from the film world, the composer Carter Verwell represented here. He did all the, uh, the soundtracks for the Coen Brothers films and many, many things 
over the years uh, from the jazz world, John Coltrane, one of the absolute giants in the history of jazz, um, and Roy Haynes, the great jazz drummer who at age 98 is still, we understand, playing, which wow. is kind of kind of amazing. And uh, and then from the classical music world, Aaron Copland and uh, and Beverly Sills. I mean, these are these are giants in all these all these areas. And we have them all in one place. And as I was saying, I love the fact that we watch people going through here. And when they go through, we talk to them. You know, we really engage with them and tell them stories about the inductees. And I don't know how many times people go through and they'll just point to them and go, Really? They're from Long Island? That one is too? That one? Wow, that's amazing. I can't believe what you got here. So... Come and be amazed. Yeah, and um, having people here like you who have all the knowledge about those styles of music is a really great contribution to the visitors that come here and visit all the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, God bless you. We thank you yeah. so much for your contribution and thank your you. dedication to this. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, and a happy new year to you. To you too as well, my friend. Come on down and visit, everybody. Okay. Anyway, now I'm standing at the front desk of the great Long Island Entertainment and Music Hall of Fame, and I'm talking to one of our board members, Kelly LeYoung. Hey, Kelly, how you doing? Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year, Dale. I'm great. So uh, what's your impression so far of how this exhibit is going? Oh, I'm really loving how the Billy Joel exhibit's going. I think it's bringing a lot of multi-generational guests, families coming together uh, to enjoy it. Maybe some people that aren't necessarily music only fans so um, it's not uh, where they would have maybe come for something else but this is definitely something that's bringing some new uh, new visitors to our hall oh and the numbers seem to have been really great people are so busy whenever I come here yeah I think the holiday season's been really nice because it is something where you can bring um, your mom and your child and everybody can have a good time yeah now, I know it's been a long road to get to this point where we have this great museum open, and um, it's been a long trip, huh? You've been involved for a long time, right? Yeah, I've been a board member for over a decade. I started when um, I joined, uh, when I used to be in corporate America, and I actually sponsored some things for the Hall of Fame, and then I got to know everyone, and I joined the board, um, and I've been part of that for, like I said, over a decade. We've been pretty uh, hard focused on trying to get a building and it took some time but now we're happy we have one. And the one thing I notice about everybody here, board members, staff, everybody, it's kind of a real family atmosphere here. Everybody seems to have a real passion for this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's definitely a family because when you're trying to reach a goal and it takes a good period of time to do that, you have to stay committed. And in order to be committed, you have to care about each other. So we definitely do that. And we also care about sharing the music heritage with uh, people on Long Island. So it's something we're all passionate about. Well, listen, I thank you so much for your dedication to this, Kelly. And um, keep up the good work. And um, everybody, come on down and visit the exhibit. It's open. We're going to be here till about June with this exhibit. Right? I say we're going to be here through the summer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yes, please come down because we look forward to seeing everyone on Long Island visiting us. Okay, thanks a lot. Kelly Lee Young, board member of the Long Island Entertainment Music Hall of Fame. Switch that music. So, anyway, yeah, that was my little visit down to the museum. Of course, I'm also one of the people that works down there. So, anytime you come down and visit, um, if you listen to this show, come and by and say hello to me, too. 
Um, so we're having some great things going on with that exhibit. Now, while you're there visiting the exhibit, there's always four full-length concerts from Billy Joel that Sony supplied that you can see while you're there. And so if you want, you can actually sit in the video room and watch an entire Billy Joel performance, or if you're really crazy, four of them in a row. <laughs> but, um, you know, everybody loves that part of the museum. January 20th, we're having kind of a special event. We're going to show the Billy Joel video from a long time ago called Shades of Grey. And it was a really great video about his tour that was going on at that time and what was going on in his career. So um, the Billy Joel exhibit, it's going to be running for quite a while. By the way, there's a lot of other things beside Billy Joel. For those of you who might not be a Billy Joel fan, it's a Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame. So it honors all these different people, over 150 inductees. So come on down and visit Wednesday through Sundays, 11 to 6. Look it up online and you can buy tickets online. It's also a great gift for somebody you might not have seen at Christmas time. So anyway, you know, one of the things I always think about, and I've been thinking about it this time of year with the crazy world that we live in and the way this country is so divided among people, um, is that it's just a crazy thing that I don't think is totally necessary. I know the world is difficult, but keep in mind, everybody, that we all have to live on this earth together, and the politicians do not rule this earth we live on. They are not the good force that's helping keep us together on both sides. I think all the politicians are really dividing the country. Shame on you guys. I hope you're listening, some of you. But anyway... This is not something we want. We have to find a way to pull our country together. And I know this is a history show, but that is a part of history. So please work on loving your fellow man. You know, when I started this show tonight and before I started, I was thinking about a song to start New Year's with. And amazingly, the song I thought of is All You Need Is Love. So, well, Billy Joel must have been thinking the same thing because at New Year's Eve, he played Old Anxiety, of course, and New Year's Eve was over. And the next song he played is All You Need Is Love, the great John Lennon song. It's one of the most important messages in the 20th century and the 21st century, and I hope everyone doesn't forget it. So anyway, that's all I got to say about that. Thank you to everyone, the staff over at the museum there, for um, coming on and talking and helping us out. Everyone will treat you like gold when you go there. So we have a lot of things that we could cover tonight, but we actually don't have time to cover them all. So um, I'm going to give you one event, um, the Cold Spring Harbor Whaling Museum at 301 Main Street in Cold Spring Harbor. Um, you can contact them at 631 367 3418 they are having a great kids event solve puzzles discover the wonders of the arctic you can hunt for clues throughout the museum um it's a great great event and that's running all the way through march so if you're ever over there go visit that place well anyway i want to wish you all a happy new year and we are going to go out with another song by B.B. King, and that's The Great Number by B.B. King and you two together. Thanks, everybody.
beautiful love came to town Ran to a children when I heard a guitar scream The notes were turning blue, I was dazed in a dream As the music played, I saw my life turn red 